0: hello and welcome back to the schooner pod i'm your host bobby howard with me today co-hosting as always well not as always uh, as recently these days the dr jameson maxwell jameson welcome back on the show and it's been a while since we've gotten in the weeds talked some ou football but but with a champion barbecue you know there'll be some important stuff. So we're doing a recruiting special today, uh, focusing on Champ U, some of the stuff that's happened a little bit recently. Uh, at some point when we get tied together, we'll do a full deep dive on some of the stuff we've missed, but this is all about the future, all about recruiting. And uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, how are you feeling? What do we, what, what, did, what are your thoughts on Champ U? Uh, bit of a cold recruiting track until now with 24 but mm-hmm. like last year, it's kind of heating up again.
1: Yeah, it feels good, honestly. And it's, we're kind of scrambling. You know, we, we wanted to do our podcast tomorrow, but it's like we have to do it tonight. You know, we get two commits today. And it feels like the good old days whenever we're rushing to the computer because we're just getting commits after commits. Feels really good. It's fun. So we'll kind of just run through a lot of these guys that came to this Champion Barbecue. We'll talk a little bit about our two commits, too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, because they're definitely, definitely a lot to uh, dive in here. Um, let's just like go straight to it. You know, don't want to bury the lead. OU's two commits. Uh, I believe both went down today. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, let's start with James Nesta first, because obviously I think that's a fun one to talk about. We can just talk about him as a football player first, but he's going to be a dual sport athlete going baseball. And it just makes you think how much. Did Kyler Murray do for this football program just staying in the MLB draft and in that top 10 draft pick? The reputation that he has in terms of OU and dual sport athletes with baseball and football has been astronomical. It was a big selling point for Mario Williams whenever he came and committed to OU. And now we're getting, you know, James Nest out of North Carolina. This isn't like some guy in our backyard and, you know, he's going to. A, be a pitcher and a quarterback, you know, like we've had in the past. This is a linebacker, a six-foot-four linebacker from North Carolina wanting to come to Oklahoma because he sees an opportunity to get on both sides of baseball and football.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's props to, you know, the athletic department and, you know, Skip Johnson, of course, um, for being as flexible as they are. You know, it's not as easy to do the two-sport thing at other schools. You know, usually want you to know, focus only on football, only on baseball, one or the other but because the athletic department is so cohesive and the relationships there, um, obviously not with the head coach anymore. Uh, Cause you know, Lincoln's gone. We've shown that we can do it in the past uh, with Kyler. And I think the foundations of that are incredibly appealing.
1: Yeah. It's honestly, you know, It's not as much on the football program when it comes down to these, like, baseball-football kind of hybrid thing. The football program's going to adapt. They have the resources, too. It's really, can the baseball program keep up with a football player? Because they know, the baseball program knows, that the majority of his time is going to be spent in the football workouts in the offseason whenever he's not playing football. And... Skip Johnson is probably the reason we keep on getting these type of guys because they have this whole setup, and I'm sure there's a complete framework in terms of class schedule and workout schedule that they've just completely recycled as the baseball program that they show these guys and it obviously keeps working.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just thinking about like – the you know balancing of egos you know we've we've both been in sports we know how head coaches can be you know it's um oh yeah it's, it, it, they they want their guys for their sports so the ability to be like hey we want to be a two sport program you know when skip johnson tweeted out today you know his looky here uh he tweeted mm-hmm. out a little graphic that said two sport you the not only just being cool with it but being like yeah this is something we want to focus on just so so, so awesome so awesome
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it honestly it and this is not like we keep we're talking about the baseball storyline because it's the fun thing to talk about. Well, let's like kind of talk more about him as a football player like this guy's not a scrub. He's a four star linebacker and he's got kind of that tenacity to himself. Um, I see a lot of people on OU Twitter and then OU message boards kind of relating like, oh, is he kind of like a Danny Stutzman kind of maybe like a lazy thing because he's out from the east and he's a bigger body guy. And he's not maybe as highly recruited as a high-end four-star, you know, but he's still a physical specimen. So I think this is going to be a great addition to this class. It's something fun. And like you said, you know, even if he does end up liking baseball more, the transition doesn't work with the transfer portal nowadays. Taking these guys is what you got to do. You know, get as many people as you can in each recruiting class. And sometimes not all of them are going to stick. Sometimes you're going to take risks that don't work out you know what? That's just part of the game. And you just replenish through the transfer portal and you lose a lot through the transfer portal. So be it.
0: Yeah. And I'm, you know, don't want to get too into it because it's kind of old news at this point, but you know, even the guys you think are going to be kind of surefire guys, you know, like a Derek LeBlanc, you know, a legacy mm, guy who likes right. OU, you know he didn't even see the field for the Sooners. Didn't even get get past summer, which you know, uh, obviously, good luck to him at UCF and everything. You know, everyone everyone's situation's different and everything, but mm-hmm. you know, you just never can tell these days.
1: Yeah, obviously. Um, but let's kind of talk about a guy who's more in our backyard, the next recruit and a name that everyone probably is saying. Like that kind of rings a bell in my head. Dozy Ezekama, Eric Ezekama's little brother. Guy who absolutely torched OU at Iowa State. He's one of the many of the lines of their you know, big wide receivers Iowa State had that just complete, just destroyed our little 5'10", D backs. Um, we get him big body wide receiver out of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, went to my he's going to my wife's alma mater. Shout out. But now third <laughs> wide receiver commit. He's next to KJ Daniels, Zion Kearney. Probably gonna take one more in this class. Sucks that we get didn't get Brian Wesco. Obviously, everyone kind of had their pipe dreams looking at him, one of the top ten players in the nation at the wide receiver position, him going to Clemson. But right now, I think our eyes are set on a guy named Zion. Reagan's after him. He's a Georgia guy, so he's trying to figure out, could I get to be in this Georgia Bulldogs football class? They don't know if they want him or not. So if Georgia ends up not wanting to take him, he's a five foot nine speedster that can finish out this recruiting class. Um, so we got a little bit of size and we got a little bit of C as speed. So it's a, you know, not a sexy pick when it comes down to the recruiting rankings. Um, but still he's got a lineage of success in his family. And I'm willing to take an Ezekon on my team and not on another person's team.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I, I don't have the recruiting rankings for his, for his brother in my head, but I imagine he probably wasn't that high, (laughs) uh, high up there and he worked out. So going with a guy, you know, who has that kind of legacy type of vibe. Yeah. Take a flyer on him for sure. Why not?
1: Yeah. I'm curious. I'll, let me look up his, um, he was a four-star. Honestly, okay. that's surprising. Um, okay. good for him. Good but for him to, uh, to, be honest, well. to be honest, to be honest, there is sometimes with these recruiting profiles and obviously I don't even know which recruiting site to look at nowadays with rankings. I can't keep it straight. Um, obviously within the OU hemisphere, um, there's a lot of times where people's recruiting rankings get changed right at the end whenever they have a little bit of, you know, very good uh, spring practices and stuff like that. So I don't know how much I trust it. But still, I think getting an as a on Oklahoma, I'm all for it. Uh, but Bobby, let's move on and talk about kind of what I think like the 10 ish most interesting um, recruit stories from this weekend in Champion Barbecue. All guys with names that you guys have probably heard of, and some of them that you haven't. That I feel like that we need to talk about and kind of get you know our bearings around us and figure out what's going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. U Barbecue is where these stories start like forming and everything. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get into the beat.
1: I think the biggest recruit for us this weekend that we really needed to go and make a big show for was Joseph Jonah John Ye from Texas, and like we've been talking about this guy for a long time um he was part of like the crew where we thought we were going to get the best defensive line recruiting class in OU history again like it seems like that every single year um Oklahoma fans are starting to say this and we we're gonna be like oh we're gonna put him next to Nwanary and you know we're gonna have such a you know David Stone it's gonna be an absolute beast of class now we I feel like there's a point where we're probably leading for him but Georgia's came in strong they've really came in strong and it's gonna be hard to hold them off to be honest with you even though he, looks like he did really like he really liked the week this weekend Georgia I just don't know how you as if you're a defensive commit or a defensive line person and just say the least you can't just watch the NFL draft every single year and say why wouldn't I just go to Georgia you know maybe Philadelphia Eagles would draft me and I can actually be on a good NFL team too
0: (laughs) (laughs) you could win a Super Bowl year one there you you never know yeah I I, I I get that that the pull of like this is a factory yeah that's that's a
1: hard thing to Mm beat yeah and the thing is you know I feel like OU will always be able to sell with these guys like you have a chance to get on the field early because we obviously do not have the production that Georgia does we have a great coach obviously these guys are in these last second conversations we're getting in the final two final three because people love Todd Bates people love Chavez you know People who got great connections and with a developmental track record from them. But OU right now, man, it is an interior defensive line. It is an oasis. Uh, there's not, not an oasis. It's a barren. It's a barren desert. It's the opposite of oasis of talent <laughs> in our defensive line group. We need guys like him to come through and say like, hey, I want to take this burden because I know I can go out there and I could play big time minutes in my freshman year, start as a sophomore, and then everyone knows my name going into my draft eligible year. It's You think it might be easy to sell, but obviously it's a very, very large bet. And sometimes going with the easy option in Georgia is a smarter move for your financial you know, future.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're selling a dream for, or you're selling like a project that isn't there yet uh you -hmm. know last year the defense obviously wasn't up to par the defensive line especially wasn't up to par so you're selling projections versus selling Mm -hmm. absolute raw data we put guys in the league Kirby Smart is you know one of the best no he is the best defensive head coach in college football trending towards one of the best in college football right now that's an easy, safe deal. And if it doesn't work mm-hmm. out, you know, you could pull a Bear Alexander and transfer somewhere else.
1: Bear Alexander. He's, <laughs> man, that dude, we, I was not surprised at all that he was, you know, flipping and flopping. He was doing that during his recruiting cycle. So yes, you're right. Anything's possible. They can go anywhere. Uh, but at the same time, like there's just different personality of kids, you know, and just turns to turns the job market as an adult, kind of like you know, probably the way they're thinking versus what we're thinking. If you're trying to get a new job, would you want to like go into a startup where maybe you might get extreme returns, but you're betting on yourself and that's your future in multiple years of your life. It could obviously have a lot of rewards, but at the same time, pretty risky. Or would you want to go into a bigger company that you know you're going to get the job done? And if you believe that you're you're a really good talent, which a lot of these kids do, they believe doesn't matter where I go. I'm going to get drafted, and Georgia is just going to set me up even better. So kind of flip-flop. Moral of the story with Joseph Jonah Adjaniye, I don't feel as confident, but I understand the door is still open. You never know what happens, but I think it might be some OU fans angry later in the year. Um, here's an OU guy, that I, I mean a defensive line that I think OU could get, and I feel a little bit more confident about, um, Nigel Smith. He's another Texas defensive line guy. He's also very highly rated um, four-star guy. And he's just been to Oklahoma visiting a lot. And it seems like we're probably going to have to continue to wait just a little bit more and more with him, but I wouldn't be surprised or I would be kind of confident to say we're probably the leader for him. So that's a big body defensive lineman that might go and take that spot. Um, if we don't get a guy like Joseph John.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, he, he he's interesting because, you know, I mean, his dad played uh, basketball at SMU. This is a big mm-hmm. dude we're talking about here. So, I mean, if we got a guy like him, you know, obviously not. I, I mean, I'd be thrilled. You, you'd have to be thrilled. That's a big mm-hmm. win in, in the state of Texas if you can pull it off.
1: Yeah. Um. So I think that we really need to put a lot of effort towards him. Um, but I think as fans, keep your eye on him. Just see how he's going to speak on Twitter and what's his body language um because uh he would be a big time get for us so here's a little bit of a negative positive negative sandwich in terms of OU recruiting Then we'll just get into a lot of positive stuff um just because I'm trying to put you know these interesting recruits that people know their name at the front end of this and we can kind of get into the weeds as we go next name people know the name Caden Durham running back uh and we saw a lot of crystal balls for him coming out of this weekend Here's the thing. We knew that it's us versus LSU, and that's what the fans are going for. Whenever you say, like, oh, he went to champion barbecue, and now we're getting crystal balls for him, maybe we came into the lead. Maybe we did. I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, he isn't committing. He's still taking visits. He's got a visit scheduled for LSU coming up. I think he's got an unofficial and an official visit um, visit schedule that he's going to go to. And if those things are happening, he's not, he's not committed to OU. So that means there's still an opportunity for LSU to take back the lead. Because we were in second place before this weekend, and, you know, recency bias is strong with this recruiting and these kids. So, unfortunate, but I think that we probably will lose our lead again. Um, but still, it's going to be another thing that we need to keep our eye on.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those, you know, last one in the room wins sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with the visits already scheduled and kind of how he has everything set up, um, I would probably – If I'm not any kind of recruiting expert, obviously, I just read stuff and give my opinion on it. But, like, my read of the room on him is probably LSU would come out. So, sorry, OU fans. I know a lot of people have been running with that in terms of, you know, all these crystal balls and predictions. Um, I'm just not as optimistic as other people. Uh, let's, Let's talk about some fun stuff, though. Let's talk about guys that were probably all these guys I'm about to say, maybe about a couple of them. Are probably OU leans. Let's talk Devin Jordan from Union High School. I, I feel like I didn't hear much about this name until recently. Um, but here we go, trying to recruit Tulsa and trying to get guys from Union. Um, he came to Champion Barbecues a DB, five foot eleven, kind of guy. Um, good athlete, and he's trying to commit in the fall, and looks like that he's probably leaning OU after this. And we've talked about it all the time, Bobby, how important it is to try to get another grasp and a you know a foothold in Tulsa because there's this this nasty weird thing going on a couple years ago of like this negative blah view of us with the Josh Jacobs stuff
0: yeah I mean it's massive Um, the issues in Tulsa have been well documented just kind of a bit of a fog across you know the big time players you know union jinx Maybe a little less so, Jigs, but uh, Booker T. Washington, you know, never mm-hmm. really getting a big recruiting foothold. In fact, kind of the opposite. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I obviously some of that's the old guard. Some of that maybe might have been how you know Stoops was recruiting towards the end. This would be a really good way to make a big impression uh, in the uh, in the Tulsa area for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like. Union, Jinx, those are guys that you need to get because they're going to consistently have, you know, players that are going to come out and be deep division one guys. But even like, you know, looking at guys like Cole Adams last year who ended up going to Alabama wide receiver from Wausau, like you need to have a foothold of the whole Tulsa area. So I'm glad that there's a guy coming up and his stocks getting higher and more teams are looking at him and OU is thinking that he might be a guy that want to be in their class that is a good, good news for me. Even if he doesn't pan out, I just want as many Tulsa guys right now so we can get back our pipeline.
0: Right, and you know, looking at the competition, you know, just kind of what we're seeing, you know, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, you know, no, no shade to them, but like putting the SEC badge on your uh, on your chest and be like, hey, you know, you can stay close to home and play in the SEC. That's a pretty, mm. that's a pretty big sell.
1: Yeah. And it's only a matter of time before, you know, Jinx union creates some massive five-star guy again, you know, um, and we don't want another Dax situation at the DB position, right. obviously. And that's just a soup. That was obviously another unique position with, you know, with his brother, just Hill and all that kind of stuff. It's good to create that pipeline. I think there's more to this DB class too. So let's talk about it. Uh, Justin Dinson's another game, another name that people have been talking about. Um, he's from Rhode Island. Um and that is very odd. I'm like, okay, a Rhode Island guy's coming over for Champ barbecue. If you're coming all the way from Rhode Island, you probably really like us. And he's a three star guy, but he's getting recruited by Alabama, Florida, and A M. They were in his top five along with OU and Michigan State. Um, and his uh, commitment timeline is July 1st. So really like the visit, came all the way over. We're in his top group. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Rhode Island guy in our class. Like, I don't even know if you can think of anyone from Rhode Island that's ca- came to Oklahoma.
0: I don't think I can think of a single person I know
1: from Rhode Island, for that
0: matter. Uh, right? Like, and, I mean, yeah. like,
1: it's not like a football, like, state where I see a that, lot of Rhode Islanders come out of.
0: That guy's tape must just be insanely good.
1: Like, that <laughs> that that is one of those things
0: where someone caught up or, like, pulled up his huddle, or like, this guy is great, and it got out there, and I, I mean – it has to be good if he's getting attention from names like you know OU, Alabama etc etc that's big time
1: yeah whenever you see these guys he's a six foot two profile but you know the recruiting services haven't caught up with his ranking but he's still getting you know his top list is the kind of like very very stout with Texas A&M Alabama OU Florida like you know that he's better than what people are saying is and three star is not going to last for long as soon as he commits whether to OU or somewhere else, it's gonna it, those, that recruiting ranking is gonna go up. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's talk about some other guys that might hop in the boat. And I think a really fun one to talk about is Smosh Jones, uh, quarterback from the, also the same area uh, up in the Northeast. You know what in the world is going on with OU right now? why would we take two quarterbacks in this class? And I kind of want your, your mindset on this because a lot of people I feel like are saying, good, why not? One might transfer. You never, never know. Michael Hawkins might leave. Um, or small Jones might be really good. Why not take two stabs at it? But do you think taking two quarterbacks in a class is positive?
0: It's, you know, I I'm of the mindset that, you know, any competition is good. Um, mm-hmm. I think, it, too much at times, especially with the you know quarterback position, it could be, a, you, you can get babied a little bit. So my thing is, you know, Michael Hawkins, obviously a great talent, but he's not, I, I don't think he's at a level where you get too worried about, you know, trying to scare him off. I, th- I think, I think it'd be solid, healthy competition. Let him duke it out. If you want to bring another one in, why not? Um, that's, that's kind of my thought process on it. Um, and, and, you know, I I think competition never a bad thing. If he's better than Hawkins, then I want the better one. That's going to be the case with any player. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do think you maybe run the risk of hurt feelings. But he's not a Jackson Arnold type of anchor quarterback. I don't think.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and the thing is, they would not take Samaj Jones. So let, let me just say this straight up. I think Samaj Jones is probably going to end up being Oklahoma quarterback, um, especially if like we give him the green light. And the only way that we would give Samaj Jones green light to commit is if we got full clearance for Michael Hawkins and you can say like, Oh, Michael Hawkins is totally cool with it. You know, but you know, there's a lot of times like, Hey, uh, Michael, we're kind of interested in bringing in someone to compete with you. You cool with this. You know, some people are just like, yeah, do whatever I believe in myself. But deep down, you're like, kind of really don't want it. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to say no, or it could be completely cool with it And he's down for the competition. Moral of the story is here in a year, maybe even two years, one of them is going to be in the transfer portal. So yeah. um, I'm hoping it's not going to be a situation like Nick Evers, where it's like, I still think he's got meat on the bone, but he didn't get you know the time and attention that he wanted. So now he's in the transfer portal. And now he's stuck at Wisconsin in a very similar position. Hopefully it'll be like the best person wins out that quarterback battle and we get the better and the other guy is leaving because he needs another opportunity elsewhere
0: sure yeah and i mean that's just the nature of it and you know i mean we have jackson arnold for a couple years so like mm-hmm. I, I i i what probably one of them's going to have to wait a little bit at best uh, just mm-hmm. just to be frank
1: yeah and you know michael hawkins has really strong connection with tcu um so we'll see that but i i mean i'm not nervous but at the same time like I'm, I'm not like super excited like rah-rah about like, oh, two quarterback commits, you know. It doesn't really get me too excited. Um, but let's kind of talk about some more OU legacy talk here, kind of bridging from Hawkins. Let's talk about Max Anderson, Nate Anderson's little brother. He's another guy that uh, he posted the big news coming soon on Twitter, and OU fans kind of started rumbling around trying to figure out, oh, what's going on here? Is he going to commit? Yeah, he's probably going to commit here pretty soon. The thing is, I don't know if if I'm in his position I obviously would very much respect Bill Beatonbow and like how much they did and obviously the OU system that has housed his brother but I look at Nate Anderson this is a guy that was like very very highly rated guard and he's like been at the bottom of our depth chart for a while now um, I don't know if I would want to follow my brother's footsteps if he hasn't really cracked into the rotation. Um, Tennessee has been a really strong person in his recruitment, and I would feel more likely, even though he did make that tweet just after Champ U, that he's probably thinking maybe I want to go Tennessee. I'm that's just my thought process.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the legacy thing is either it leaves a good experience or a bad one, and you know if you're struggling to you know crack the rotation at the bottom, that's that's not encouraging um so I, I i could i could definitely see him trying to go with the balls do something a little different there
1: yeah and see the thing is like nate doesn't have any kind of animosity towards the system because he would have been in the transfer portal if you even have just even a lick of animosity you're in the transfer portal so obviously nate is doing fine oklahoma but at the same time <laughs> like you know it just seems just a little odd if i was little brother I'd be like should i really go to a place where my big brother really can't even play I just feel like I'd want to go somewhere, you know, else and just kind of see something brand new. Yeah, for sure. I mean,
0: just looking at you know Anderson's run here, you know, redshirted twenty twenty, didn't play in twenty twenty one at all, and then uh, played uh, four games, you know, last year. So, and all of those were blowouts. So he hasn't gotten any significant burn. He's about to be a you know a redshirt junior. So I I, I understand why you'd be
1: wary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and see, like, I understand he's still young, but you can kind of tell in beat and Bow system who he likes. And yeah. you can kind of tell, like, he gets the young guys in and gets a lot of snaps throughout games, and you're not really seeing that as much from Nate. So yeah. let, moving on, let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about Kaden Massey from Kansas, another offensive line guy. If you, We continue to talk about this all the time when we talk about recruiting, Bobby. It's like these offensive line guys aren't these crazy high recruits, but I will always, always, always trust Bill Bow. He sees what he likes, and he gets and he goes after it. Cade Massey, our competition right now is Kansas State. It's us versus Kansas State. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to be an arrogant OU fan, but like in terms of recruiting, like that's not a very you know regular thing that we say, and it's kind of a like a heated matchup. Should he stay in his same area or should he go to Oklahoma with a better developer? Um, so that's another name to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, not only that, but Brent as a whole, like obviously not his side of the ball very good at recruiting Kansas uh, as we as we've noticed I, I feel like he mm-hmm. has takes a shine to the Kansas kids like himself
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and it seems like it's a good kid so we'll continue to watch I think one of the most fun guys just to like discuss and I don't even know if there's going to be any like you know like there's not maybe I don't even know if it's gonna be worth the time to talk about it, but this is a guy that I think is really fun to talk about. It's Bennett Warren, another offensive lineman from Sugarland, Texas. Have you seen pictures of him? He is ginormous. He is like six foot eight, monster of a man. Like people are talking about, oh, is he the next Orlando Brown? You know, and his re- his recruiting ranking isn't as high, you know, kind of similar story Orlando Brown, but a guy that's six foot eight that big and that body type. You know, Bill Biedenboe has a reputation of taking guys that might not. So whenever you're a six foot eight big offensive lineman, a lot of these guys are high, high recruiting prospects. You know, this guy doesn't have as many of those numbers. Could he go into Bill Biedenboe's system, learn the tricks of the trade, get his footwork down, and have another store where he could be a kind of a guy like Orlando Brown? I think that is an easy, easy recruiting pitch because Orlando Brown's one of the highest paid offensive linemen in NFL right now.
0: Yeah. And not only that, but you also have Phil Lodeholt on on staff who Absolutely. is, you know, obviously being Bo wasn't his coach at the time, but he he's experienced it. He took his time at OU and made it a, a wonderful, wonderful OU career. Uh, sorry, NFL career after his time at OU. And he he knows the ins and outs of playing football at that height, that size. He's six 6'8 as well. It's tough. It's difficult to play that to play that big, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. we talk low man wins, It's a different style entirely. And, you know, frankly, I imagine if you're six, eight, you don't meet a lot of other six, eight people who can kind of relate. So I think that, I think that type of, you know, not every, (laughs) I would be, you'd be hard pressed to find a college football staff that has a six, eight, you know, former lineman on it. That, that is rare. So I think that that kind of relatability kind of helps a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's us first, Michigan, um, crystal balls and everything for Michigan. But just a fun topic, just something to think about. And I guarantee you that was the pitch in the recruiting room.
0: Yeah, Michigan's and, tough. Michigan's tough. Yeah. That's a double back-to-back Joe Moore uh, mm-hmm. award winning side. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we can talk about our development in terms of, you know, what we're putting into the league. But at the same time, you know, like you said, that's very, very immediate in there. Obviously a very good program. Uh, let's. Uh, that was my number nine. Let's just end it off number 10. Then I'll kind of talk about a little bit of our current commits that were there. Um, Taylor Tatum, I know people are interested in that name. Big time running back from Longview, Texas. Us versus USC, it's going to be at USC. I, I think we can just throw that one in the dump and just say, oh, well. Uh, but still cool that he's coming, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's silently committed to USC, just in terms of the language around him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat that flash, but you know. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, well it's fine. Uh, because I, I kind of like our running backs this year, but let's talk about our current commits in this class and kind of just things that I noticed and maybe some things that you kind of want to talk about from our current commits. I noticed that Isaiah Autry was a big time recruiter and was all over Twitter and was constantly taking pictures and seems like he was a big voice within the room. And I understand there's probably a lot of guys whenever they're in a big group with a bunch of other people, obviously they're recruiting others. But I think seeing that out in public is really important that you have extremely extroverted and bold guys trying to push other kids into like, hey, you should come play with OU. Because, I mean, these are kids, and we say it all the time, but how many times do you want to go and make a big decision in your life? Maybe you're not from the area. There's maybe one, I think, one guy from Oklahoma City that was there. You don't want to make a big move to a different place unless you know you have friends there and having guys like that, that are easy to get along with are constantly pushing you and talking to you um, make you feel like I can make the move from Rhode Island. I can make the move from Pennsylvania to Oklahoma because there's guys that I know I can get along with that like me.
0: Yeah. And not only that, but him being a pretty strong uh, force is great. You know, he's from Mississippi. So Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of like, hey, you know, I'm from out of state too. you know, kind of builds a little bit of a bond there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, seeing Zion Carney get back and getting back in town, that's good. Really need to hold on to him. I think we should. I think we will. But, you know, that's a top 100 recruit. That's our best guy. Um, and obviously having big time wide receivers is a big deal for us um, moving forward. Uh, other guys that were oh you got commits that were there KJ Daniels the other wide receiver commit was there as well um, and Jeremiah Newcomb as well the DB uh, I think you know that's like a, it's a good group it seems like things went really well this rec- recruiting weekend and even though like you know we just got two commits now we'll probably see the fruits of our labor for the rest of the year this visit
0: yeah no I, absolutely and that's the thing about Champ U is you know it's changed over the years you know i feel like under under lincoln riley you've got a ton of commits uh but because of the way venables does his uh you know commitments you know you have to you know no visits after etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: Mm-hmm. you see that
0: happen a little less and i think i don't know i i think OU you fans are like trained to see like just a billion massive commits all come from U, and it feels weird when when you don't get that immediate rush you know that weekend um, but it's still a very early part of the cycle. Um, mm-hmm. and as we've known, as we've known, sometimes you have a big champion and sometimes guys fade after it, you know, look at, I, I believe Colton, was it Colton Fasic a champion commit?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah so. I, th- I think he was right around that time. Um, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, Turner, I'm trying to remember it. Cause it was, maybe it was in the fall. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the moral of the story is it's, you know, it's fun and all, but it's all about, you know, if everyone's having good vibes and they're making good connections, that's what we need. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about David Stone this podcast. If you guys are coming here thinking that you're going to get some brand new David Stone information, it's not happening. I'll continue to say it over and over and over and over again that this dude's is just playing the game. So if you think he's going to hop in like, Oh, it was a great recruiting weekend and it's a great time for David stone to hop in. He's going to do things on his own time. He's loving all the spotlight. Don't, don't expect anything until probably like late middle of the season um, before early signing day with him.
0: Yeah. And I, I would rather him do that than commit or silent commit and then, you know, still do everything and pull on our heartstrings mm-hmm. and you know, we, that that's not fun. That's not fun. So um yeah he's taking his time I'm fine with that um yeah you know not not everybody has to be the you know I've been in the class since day one I'm rallying the guys that's fine you know as long as he gets to where he wants to go and you know obviously hopefully that's over you. uh that's all that matters
1: yeah I completely understand why he's doing that if you are that talented and that wanted play the game and hold out because you know you're gonna have a spot no matter what so go out there have fun with it you're never going to have this experience again probably at this scale hopefully you don't get in the transfer portal but like to go out and visit and people to cater you constantly you know like we talk about it was kind of similar um you didn't really get to go through it but like uh summer rush for fraternities if anyone listening can relate to this you go out and you go to all of those parties that people invite you to people are spending money i mean you saw from the other side of things whenever yeah. you were Rush Cottage, but like you go out and you see everyone, even if you don't think you're going to go to that because you know you're going to have an invite in the end. You know, it's not like, you know, in college football recruiting right now, you know, some of the lesser ranking guys, you know, if they do make too many visits, they might lose their spot. You know, you are sought after. Go take your visits. Go have fun if you're David Stone. Exactly. That's the tier he's
0: on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. He's going yeah. to be playing big time you know, the, the big two, either big 10 or, uh, sec football for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so kind of ending this out just from our perspective, recruiting, I think something really fun to talk about is, did you see the tape of Andy Bass, the heritage hall commit, uh, heritage hall commit the heritage hall kid. Yes. Um, at, uh, Brent Venables camp. I did. He was tearing it up. I cannot believe that. Like, the, I did not even realize that he was a hundred meter champ for like, I guess three, a, um, but he is, he's got a lot of speed, and like he was thinking about you know, Syracuse is probably his leader as a quarterback position. OU offering him as an athlete, Heritage Hall, put some respect on that name because you know, everyone thinks about Sterling Shepard, but you know, obviously, what Gavin Freeman did as quickly as he did last year, you know, it's making OU look at that high school, obviously, us as alumni saying, like there's getting some athletes out there and we didn't even give Gavin Freeman a scholarship right out of high school, and that was lucky that we still they still got him from Texas Tech because he's going to be a huge part of our offense this year. You know, Andy Bass, if you want another speed guy from Heritage Hall, bring him back in the boat. Let's do it. There you go. Yeah, I mean it's exciting stuff uh, to say the least. I I
0: love it. Uh, the more Heritage Hall Chargers, the better. Um, you know freeman was the first one since sterling shepherd and you know bass is cool because i don't believe he's a ou legacy freeman and uh shepherd were yep um in terms of football legacies uh so pretty cool stuff for sure
1: yeah so that's all i've got you got anything else in terms of like what you've been seeing anything from the sheebs
0: uh it, no, nothing no, well it and if I did see anything from, from the Sheev, I would, uh, you know, I, I'd have to kill you to tell you, you know? <laughs> or, or ask you to donate $1 to the Sheev and read it yourself. Because I'd ain't, I ain't, I ain't divulge anything from our good old buddy Red Dirt Sp- Sport. I already basically stole the concept of Big Tw- uh, Bye Bye Big 12, <laughs> which I have acknowledged. I have acknowledged. Thank you. For th- th- sorry about that. But uh, no. um I got to say some stuff with 2025 is interesting. I know we're mainly talking oh, about, yeah. I forgot about that and so much can happen, but uh, two kind of biggish things going on uh, primarily um, our 2025 quarterback commit. He's uh, moving to Carl Albert. What do you think about yeah. that?
1: It's whenever you see a quarterback commit in 2020, Kevin Sperry um, commit as early as he did be like hmm this is a little odd but you know quarterbacks they can recruit and commit whenever they want to um because they're kind of like the cornerstones of the class it just shows you how much invested he is into being an oklahoma center that now he's just transferring to carl albert his family's probably just going to go ahead and move here and they're just preparing (laughs) it's like this guy is going to be a junior it's like he's not going to be a senior he's going to be a junior and he's already preparing for his life in oklahoma so there you go. That is an absolute cornerstone of the 2025 class.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely massive. And um, I got to say, if you're, I I, I'm, I don't follow Oklahoma high school football all, all that much. But what I do know is that uh, Carl Albert's pretty damn good. So mm-hmm. everybody in 5A football uh, has to be a little bit, a little bit shook there, to say the least. Um, yeah. I also want to bring up uh, Devon Mitchell, the tight end down in Los Alamitos, mm-hmm. uh, stopped by um, and uh, obvious, uh, the Champion Barbecue and everything. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on him? A w- super early, but looks to be an a- absolute massive uh, potential piece for the Sooners.
1: I should have talked about him because he's on Commitment Watch. He's getting, I think, July 8th is his date, and he's going to reclassify. You talk about 2025. There, No, he's going to be 2024 kid. This is a five-star tight end, and you know, whenever he reclassified, will he really still be a five-star within the class? Maybe not, because it's going to be a little bit more of a learning curve. He'll be a little bit younger, but there's absolute talent there. Six-foot-four guy, um, you know, Los Alamitos, you know, is a powerhouse of a college. Fo- I mean, a college football factory out there for um, you know all the guys that go come through there. He is going to be a very big part of this class, and although you know, like makes me think like whenever these guys are classified, you know, are they really ready to come out and play or should they have spent an extra year in high school? But at the same time, they know themselves best. They know that they're ready, come through the system. Let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, and um, one of those things is physically, he looks there uh, oh, yeah. physically. He looks like he could play college football uh, in a year. Um, and not only that, but you know, run him, run them through the uh, Schmitty gauntlet. You know, hey, I, I'm just saying, even if you have to sit, sit a year, getting involved in the system, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: we'll 2025 was looking good with him. It's still going to be good, but I am very happy to have him in 2024 because we need some tight end help um, pretty quickly. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I fun. think he, he would do a uh, justice for OU of reclassifying. But other than that, I mean, I think just kind of like to wrap it all up, Bobby – Names that really keep an eye on. Obviously, Devon Mitchell. I should have said that one earlier. Glad for bringing that up. Devon Jordan, union guy, um, fall commitment timeline, um, but still keep an eye on him. Uh, Also, keep an eye on Justin Denson from Rhode Island. July 1st commitment. uh, Probably will be the um, Oklahoma Sooners there. And then Max Anderson, uh, his commitment is in the near future us first tennessee let's see what happens
0: absolutely absolutely jameson i i'm excited i i know i've seen some people on twitter getting a little doom and gloomy but like the same thing happened last year and we got better we we ended up with the top five class so i'm excited to see where it goes i'm not i i i'm optimistic so i'm excited to see how everything ends up well um any final thoughts before we head out i know uh there's a lot on the board to talk about, uh, but we'll reconvene the full full pod for a bit of a, you know, summer, what whatchamacallit, uh, coming up soon. But any final words?
1: Uh, no. Excited about the OU uh, 2024 SEC schedule. I'm excited to talk about some more bye-bye, uh, you know, what we've been doing recently. We're thinking about doing bye-bye OSU tomorrow and that's going to be a really really fun episode so stay tuned for that and if you i feel like a lot of people have been watching those and liking them go ahead and subscribe we need to get to 500 we're 19 away so if you're listening right now on replay um just go ahead and subscribe to us go help us out um watch our stuff if you want to but if not just do your good deed of the day and give us a sub
0: (laughs) yeah for sure yeah for sure we're we're about to be ramping this thing up as we get closer to college football season, it's almost here. Like we're, we're getting close to starting previews and stuff. I cannot wait. Incredibly excited about this season. Uh, So look, if you want to see that stuff, if you want to see like our in-depth college football type of, type of stuff that we're about to be getting into, give that a give hammer that subscription button and uh, make sure to give the video like any comments, love interacting with y'all on those. uh, Make sure to leave them below. So yeah exciting stuff so yeah we got uh bye bye (laughs) the bye bye series continuing rolling strong um looking forward to more of it so all right jameson thank you so much for your time um i think it's time to head on out so um and thank y'all so much for listening uh always great talking sooner football with y'all so until next time have a good one everybody and boomer sooner